welcome to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. This podcast by Kevin Paneskis, also known as the Property Soldier, covers all aspects of serviced accommodation and how to make it a profitable and sustainable business. Kevin started investing in property in 1991 whilst serving in the British Army and now owns a multi-million pound property portfolio and serviced accommodation business and is a best-selling author. And now your host. Kevin Paneskis. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Service Accommodation Property Podcast. And today, speaking to the uh, my mastermind audience, I have got Scotty Hodson of Free Range Stays. And Scotty's doing a lot of impressive stuff in property and service accommodation right now. So he's doing Rent to SA, SA management. He's converting a, well, it was a, a B&B, then it became a HMO, and now you're going to be converting it into an apart hotel, or you currently are, and then some of the units already turned into uh, kitchenettes as we speak, and you're doing modular construction as well on that site, I believe, but also doing some eco modular pods <laughs> into an apart hotel as well. And <laughs> Millie's Organics is where you are. You've got an e-commerce business providing uh, products for the properties as well. Yeah, I'll let you guests. talk a little yeah. bit about for the for the guests who stay in your property. So an awful lot to talk about here. I'm sure you're going to find this absolutely uh, fantastic. We'll see how this rolls. A bit of a maverick is our Scotty. <laughs> so I can have a big round of applause for Scotty Hodson, everyone. Hey! <laughs> oh, very warm. Thanks everyone. Quite giddy to be here. Um, so if I do go off piste, I'm trusting Kevin to bring me back if that's okay. 30 so, minutes, 30 minutes. Uh, oh, okay. Because <laughs> uh, I do get giddy. I'm a passionate guy. Um, but also I'm quite giddy to be here as well because of, um, I'm just going to explain the journey that I've gone on with this wonderful man and his wife, Kevin and Caroline. Um, and um, progressive property as well and I, I'm, I'm really thankful of that really so I've made a, a lot of mistakes a lot of successes um, and I just wanted to share my journey with you um, and if, the, if it inspires anybody just to keep on cracking on um, then I've done my job really um, so I hope, hope it's received in that sort of vein um, I've split the, the chat into a couple of sections so it's sort of like just give you a little bit of background of myself. So pre-property investment or eco-serviced accommodation investment um, to, to understand a bit why I'm a little bit bonkers. Then the startup phase that, I've gone, that I went through. Now we're in growth phase and then I'm going to finish up on uh, the plans for scaling up world domination and um, all the things in between. Um, is that all right with everyone? Oh, yeah, lovely. Okay, cool. Right, so um, first off, I've said um, I'll explain why I'm a little bit bonkers. So pre-property investment and um, eco-SA, um, I've been a serial entrepreneur in digital technology since um, year 2000. So I was still at university when I started my first, uh, first business within digital technology. I actually started my first business when I was 16, but that wasn't within uh, digital technology. It was... Um, selling food within a rugby club. Those big chaps like, like food, so the mar margins were good. Anywho, 
Um, so from that first business, I was supported by the Prince's Trust and the South East England Growth Hub. Um, it, it was at the time, you know, all of these fancy quangos and organisations have changed and rebranded since then. Um, but back in those Haiti days, they, they helped me go through five rounds of funding as a digital technology business, um, which, enabled, which enabled me to develop some software and some hardware within the health and leisure industry, which we then sold some pretty cool global licensing to. Um, and, you know, things were going good. It was crazy. It was bonkers. We were scaling. Made some friends, lost some friends, made loads of mistakes, um, but the business grew. And after around 13, 14 years of that business, I started to burn out and everything along those lines and discover myself and all of that jazz. Um, and I met the woman of my dreams. Um, she's a wonderful, um, and I'll, I'll pay um, a little ode to her later on with um, some of our scale up plans. Um, and we wanted to. I wanted to build the dream. We had an opportunity to build the dream. So why the hell not? So we bought a farm. Um, so at that moment in time, we was in South London, loving life, you know, um, lovely Victorian parks, lovely coffee shops and supermarkets. And I think it was 3G at that time, maybe 4G or whatever. Anyway, internet and convenient food and beautiful takeaways and all of the good gubbins of London. And um, so we bought a farm in the middle of nowhere, 20 minutes away from the nearest shop. Um, and it was to it's totally off grid as well. So it's our own water, our own power. Didn't have anywhere to live in when we turned up. It's literally a paddock with some stables and a shed. It's a big shed, it's like 30 meter square shed, but it's a shed. Anyway, we bought this farm um, with the view of making that our forever home, really. And we knew when we completed and exchanged and we, um, and we went and lived on this farm, got a static caravan, that's what all of these budding entrepreneurs do and uh, budding house builders do on uh, grand designs and everything. Um, and then two months before we were gonna get married, stuff went dark. Um, and I'll share with it just the top uh, level. I just had a, a serious family breakup um, and I'm going to wobble in a minute, um, so I apologise. Um, I had a serious family breakup. We lost a lot, of ton, ton of money, ton of time. It, it took two years of my life trying to, you know, fight this and put it all back together again. Uh, lost the love of a family member, and ultimately, over those two years, I lost my health. Um, I won't tell you any of the gory details, but I was in hospital for for ten months trying to recover from this um, this health issue. And during that time, um, I, I'm married to this wonderful woman, got a three-month-old baby, and I'm in, in hospital. Um, we're in serious financial difficulty, okay? And it was just getting worse and worse and worse. Uh, got out of hospital, and I knew that I had to get back on my feet because I'm a, a stubborn kind of guy. I knew that I had to provide for my family. So after all of that, I, was, I, I, I put on my notes that I'm forced into digital transformation consultancy. I don't know whether that means anything to anybody, um, but basically it's creating new business models using digital stuff, okay? And I, I then started to ply my trade helping uh, global organizations create new business model using the digital stuff that I learned in my business. 
Um, now, I loved it, because I love digital tech and I love innovation. Um, and that's why Kevin probably said I'm a bit of a maverick. Um, I just like testing stuff and seeing what goes on. Um, so I, I'm one of those people that didn't necessarily listen to, to, to Kevin as well. You know, he told me what to do, but I didn't really listen because I knew best. Um, and um, so that was that. Um, but I'm saying I loved that job, but I was forced into it because I never wanted a lifestyle where I was exchanging time for money. Um, I was cash rich, trying to recover from this financial difficulty, but I was time, uh, time poor. Um, I was seeing my kid at that time 30 minutes a day. Um, and that's not what we wanted. I was supposed to be building a dream for my family. So, um, yeah, and as, it's, as I said on the notes there, um, we were trying to get out of this uh, financial black hole as well. So that was the, the backdrop of pre-property investment. And I'll tell you that because that's just my why of why I got into it. Um, I wanted to claim back my lifestyle, claim back that promise that I made to my wife and my son, and, um, you know, get back and a bit of me because that was a little bit lost in that journey. Um, so then I saw this really handsome man presenting on stage about service accommodation. And he referred me to Kevin Paneskus and said uh, he's got a better, better course. So I went to do his, his course. Um, I did the service accommodation intensive in October 2018. Um, quickly, well, quickly followed it in with the mastermind in January because it was just a new year and everything along those lines. I thought, new me, new year, let's crack on mastermind January uh, 19. So I had this goal that I needed seven units in that six months of that mastermind to get me out of that digital transformation consultancy fancy title job. Yeah, it didn't go that well. Um, I got my first unit after six months and one day. Um, and, you know, you had to tack and change and everything along those lines. But I just promised to myself and I said to my family that I'll turn up every single day for 90 minutes. I'll turn up and build this serviced accommodation business for 90 minutes every single day. So on the train down to London, consulting these big uh, global uh, businesses, I'd be on my phone, headphones in, building my serviced accommodation business. Um, and I promised to do that. Um, but the big thing, so I was still gigging at the time, but the whole mindset of digital technology as well is to test and learn. And Funny looking back at it now, it's test and learn the business. So I was testing and learning what if serviced accommodation could work in Bedford. So we've got our first unit, test and learn. Second unit come a lot later, but I'll tell you about that later on. Um, but it was testing and learning. Can it work? Can it work? But in reflection, I was also testing and learning myself. I had a lot of strongly held beliefs that were holding me back um, around value, um, around um, some behavior stuff that I was blocking some opportunities, um, that I was cynical on some of the deals and stuff like that, probably just because I was coming from an inexperienced point of view. But I kept on coming back, kept on coming back to Mastermind, kept on turning up every single day, and then, you know, you slowly start to build. Um, so this is no way of, like, show stopping or anything along those lines but at the end of 2019 so my first 12 months I still only had three units so a massive foul in my point of view you know I'll have a word with myself later on it's all right um, one was uh, two was through an estate agent and one was direct to landlord now funny enough that one direct to landlord is part of our growth phase now 
So I'll talk to you about that in a second. Then at the end of quarter one, 2020, we had five units. Slowly getting there. We had, we, we, I got rid of that one thing of only working with one agent. All of a sudden, I was working with three agents, and we went from three to five, just like that. Um, so that's a key takeaway as well. Don't just rest on your laurels. When you get that one little bit of success with an agent, quickly get that second agent, or you'll be stalled like me, like I was. Um, and then this black swan event happened um, at the end of uh, Q1 2020. I don't know whether you heard about it. Um, which obviously, being surrounded by the masterminders and our community really helped. We knew what to do. We knew where to push the business. Um, I was also quite aware that I, I needed to niche down and really focus to be able to get through uh, that pandemic. So we started to test and learn what can be done and what is the market for eco-serviced accommodation. I don't really like the word eco because we're, we're more holistic than that. We're green, um, but I'll get to that maybe on another show sometime. Um, then by the end of 2020, we're up to seven units. And the, the whole strategy around that at that moment in time, especially I don't know whether anybody can remember December 19th, didn't hurt me at all. Those T, T4 lockdowns, December 19th. Can anybody remember those? When we were locked down again, December 19th, all my bookings went all over <laughs> December and early January. And I'm like, fudge cakes. Uh, what am I going to do there? You know, I'm, I'm supposed to be enjoying my Christmas with my family. Um, and we lost thousands of pounds worth of bookings. So we took the strategic decision just to break even. So we reduced our prices, got um, contractors in, right? Because we, we sort of like... Um, attract our target our avatar is white collar and blue collar um, aspirational blue collar sort of like comes into our, our range but we cut our prices and went after the contractors just to get us through the pandemic and it only bloody worked we got uh, oh i don't know whether i'm allowed to say the big b word um maybe edit that one out um so we got the contractors in um, we had a fire engineer company who was building an amazon center down the road from bedford they had 18 guys taking four of our properties for three months, whoopie doo, right, we're through COVID, happy days, tick. Um, so then that enabled me to sort of like look in the other direction and start growing the business. Um, and so we're now at the end of Q1 21, we're at nine units live in Bedford and Milton Keynes. We've got one unit um, in Milton Keynes at the moment with huge aspirations in Milton Keynes. Um, and the profit margins have recovered. So we've gone from break-even, which is a very scary position to be in for cash flow, um, to you know good, healthy profit margins now. And I was just talking to people there that some of the bookings now are really inflated, which is really cool. Um, and coming into Q2, we finally signed a lease on a 16-unit HMO that we're transferring to an apart hotel and um, that was the one direct to landlord that I got right at the beginning of my journey. So we built a relationship over 18 months to two years. And now he wants to give me his HMO. And we're, go we're working together. The conditions are getting set aside at the moment back to C1, which is uh, short term hotel use. Um, 
and we're, we're taking room by room at the moment and turning it into an apart hotel. So that's a really, woo, oh, thank you very much. Makes a change, getting applauded rather than heckled. That's nice. Um, so yeah, really, so you know, there's some key takeaways there and just keep the relationships going, stay in the game, keep on relationship building and some good things will come out at the end of it. Um, so that's, we, we, we're really excited about that one. And then last week, we um, saw a commercial conversion in Milton Keynes, um, and we've signed up eight apartments in Milton Keynes that will go uh, live in the next couple of months as well. Um, and working with the landlord there, who he's on a mission to just buy every commercial conversion available in Milton Keynes, and we've got first refusal in behind him um, to take them on as rent to uh, SA, or we go in as a JV. So lo loads of exciting things happening. Finally, you know, that's, that's two years of just turning up 90 minutes a day, okay? I'm still gigging at the moment. And we've got that, all of this going on as well. So it's just about improving yourself, getting efficient, putting yourself in the right place, getting supported by the community, and everything will turn out sexy. Oh, we got a technical issue. Uh, let's go with that. Sorry, guys. So then I'm going to go um, into our growth phase. So I, I think I've painted the picture here that the first two years is very much startup and staying in the game. Um, now we're into our uh, growth phase. We're going to be launching that apart hotel that we're saying, and we're going to make it into the crown jewel of Bedford, um, which is really good fun. Um, that Milton Keynes opportunity with the commercial conversions, there are studio apartments and one-bed apartments. Um, on the site, there's actually 170 units, um, and we're starting with eight. So, you know, I think that, that's a good scale um, to get to with this landlord. Um, but more excitingly, we've also put in some planning permission for um, six eco-modular lodges to be put onto my north paddock on my farm. Okay, so they quite literally pop up. Um, it's been a, a bit of a ding-dong with uh, the council because we're in open countryside. Um, but I think the conditions at the moment are just perfect. You know, it's a perfect response to COVID. Everybody's uh, going on about the, the staycation market. But I also think it's about escapism, about turning off the phone, about turning off the Wi-Fi. And, you know, um, a lot of people just want more time with themselves and their family. So that, that, that's going to be our response on that. Um, and then we've also had an offer accepted, um, still sorting out the contracts, but that's another show as well. Um, for Milton Keynes, we've actually bought a parcel of land or had an offer accepted on a parcel of land um, for 30 eco-modular service departments. So that's what we will own and run um, for our growth phase. So all of that is what's going on at the moment. That's my little journey at the moment and our, you know, where we're at through our growth phase. We're entering our growth phase now. Uh, we've got nine units live over Bedford and Milton Keynes. Only just by showing up, only by working on myself, working on the business, working on my team, just slowly improving it, getting it 1% better a day, you know, which is a totally different mindset to when I first started. I wanted world domination in six months when I started. 
Um, but it's a totally different mindset now. I'm not in a rush and I make better decisions and things get better. I'm, I'm able to put the right pricing on. I'm not in a rush. So um, yeah, hopefully that, that's a, a thing that you can take away from today as well. Just keep on keeping on. It, it's uh, good fun. Um, and for the next 12 months, we've already got signed up 59 units. So, you know, that's enough to be getting on with um, in the short term. Um, so that's across our town and city-based serviced accommodation. But we're extending our business model to get all of these people through our town and city-based eco-serviced accommodation and then upselling them to an eco-lodge retreat on my farm where they can escape. So that's like extending our business model and adding continuity to it. Um, which is all good fun. So then our scale-up plans, um, which will sort of like happen in another two years, is our aim is to be the UK's most inspirational and sustainable eco-serviced accommodation provider. Um, and we've put our flag out um, and I'm developing a team and a group of people that have the same values and the same ethics as us and want to do the right thing um, by not just our guests, but also our community as well. We put a lot of work into our community work, promoting local businesses, promoting local charities um, as well. And also the planet, obviously, that, that's where the green side of things come in as well. And we actually have three programs of work that looks after those, those three areas of the business. So we have a program of work that looks after the guests, a program of work that looks after our community, and a program that looks after the planet. Um, and that's where we hang our business model, essentially. And we aim to pop up um, in 25 towns or cities or countrysides in the UK uh, within the next five years. So that's our scale-up plans. So again, we're testing and learning through this growth phase. We're getting it right in Bedford and Milton Keynes, and then we're just going for world domination after that. Well, probably just the UK to start with, but you know, I, I fancy a trip abroad sometime soon-ish. Um, and then part of our ethics as well, I've just noted down there, it's not like bragging rights or anything along those lines. I hope you're receiving it coming from a humble point of view. Um, that we'll be donate when we hit our targets, we'll be do donating one million pounds a year to help homelessness. We were a whisker away from being homeless ourselves within that financial difficulty that we had. So I can relate to some of the people there. We had one person in the world that um, stood up for us at that dark time. So if we can be that one person to stand up for other people, then we can really help um, dent the homeless crisis that's going on as well. Um, and then the last element of our scale-up plans is that we, we are on the lookout for rare breed property investors um, that want to go on that journey with us. We want to test and learn and do right by our guests, our community and the planet. Because um, I think we can have a, you know, we, we, we touch a lot of people, you know, a lot of, not in that way, easy. <laughs> easy. <laughs> um, and we've got, a, we've got the opportunity to be able to have a positive impact on people. So why the bloody hell not? Ah, oh, B word again, sorry. Um, so that's where we're at on the journey. Two years in, a few plans to go. Lots of bumps and bruises, I think.
Scotty, that's awesome. Before I ask you how people can reach out to you, anyone listening into the podcast, et cetera, et cetera. So some of the things that you, you touched upon there, people are, are, are listening to this wondering how can they uh, do that too. And for me, I don't know if you can w- relate to this or whether you agree with this, it's when, where you can create win-win situations for people. Mm-hmm. That's how you can scale. So in terms of uh, capital allowances or giving people a better rate of return than they're getting in the bank, what sort of win-win situations um, have helped you um, in scaling to the point you currently have and then moving forward from here? Yeah, well, those two examples that I give about the apart hotel and about the, op- the commercial conversion in Milton Keynes, uh, they're game changers for the landlords, right? Um, so when you change that conversation from, yes, I'll lease it to you, um, I'll lease it from you or I'll manage it um, f- uh, for you to, oh, actually, we can save you a shed load of cash with capital allowances for not just the purchase price that you bought it for and the refurb. Um, and also, if you work with us and the projects of a, uh, of a good scale, so when the project is over a million pounds, um, then you act, and you you have a green ethos or an eco ethos, you're eligible for enhanced capital allowances. So that's on the cards for our um, landlord of our apart hotel and landlord of our commercial conversion at the moment. And we're working through and working with them closely now to to realise that for them. We haven't got anything over the line, but what it does is change that uh, conversation. Um, And just as an example of that, um, the commercial conversion uh, landlord at first wanted to put a 30% premium on his normal lease because of we're running serviced accommodation from his, his his property but then when I went back and said well this 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 and this here's how we can make it a win-win scenario he come down past market value rates and said yes let's test this let's get it going let's start the relationship now and let's look to build a long-term relationship so it, it quickly t- changes that conversation when, when um, having those relationships with the landlords. Because that's yeah. a big thing. And I think that's a, that's, a, that's a great point that you've made there, Scotty, because ultimately, yes, we all want to take properties from, from developers. And that developer initially was going to try and, and milk the cow a little exactly, bit. Exactly, yeah. But in terms of um, if the developer gives you the property to use our service accommodation and you create a, a bit of a profit share type scenario, then the developer can claim capital allowances mm-hmm. on the gross development cost of his commercial conversion, his or her commercial conversion, which 30, 35% is in some cases millions of pounds worth of tax-free money Damn straight. for the developer. And, yeah. and, and most of the developers don't understand this until people like yourself, Scotty, go and explain it to them. And that's how you create a win-win situation. So really useful. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Because the conversation goes from, oh, yeah, do you want these room at 30% more? To, oh, actually, I'm, I'm, just building, uh, I'm just buying this other building. Do you want that as well? Oh, yeah, we're building this other building. Do you want that as well? So it's, it's, it's having that intel and that conversation just opens doors. Absolutely fantastic. So really useful shares today, Scotty. Thank you for that. Um, so yeah, for people that want to uh, reach out to you, anyone in the audience, anyone listening today, how would they do that? Yeah, so um, just at Property Farmer. So whether that's on Insta or Facebook or Linky Dink, um, just at Property Farmer. I should pop up somewhere there. Um, or email me, scotty at freerangestays.com. That's scotty with double T-Y. 
um, and free range as the chicken and uh, stays as in staying. <laughs> and linky dink as in LinkedIn. Oh, uh, yes. Just, it's yeah, a bit of, bit of translation. Yeah. Okay. And um, whether you're sharing that phone number. Um, yeah. I, I, well, buzz me up. To. Yeah, buzz me up. Um, okay. 07578 410135. That's my business number, my burner phone. Okay, awesome. So thanks very much for that, Scotty. It's been absolutely fascinating. Um, so here's to your success in service accommodation. Remember, whoop, whoop. everyone, your future needs you. Round of applause. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. You can also follow me on social media and YouTube by searching The Property Soldier. Also check out my website, www.propertysoldier.co.uk, where you can learn even more about property investing and serviced accommodation.